All right. Well, we're going to test out the new intro and spoiler alert. It's going to oh, be God. rough. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, but excited. All right. Hello, it is I, Helmut Zemo. Unfortunately, I have not yet appeared in this episode of The Falcon and The Winter Soldier, but I can only assume this impression is flawless. Uh, today, we will be talking about how Disney has allowed the new Captain America to say Shiza! Wow! And we will be talking about much more. It's the Infinity Watch Podcast! gosh i don't know what i was expecting but it wasn't that at all i think at the end it kind of it got a little uh austin powers gold member which i liked yeah which i liked oh man oh my gosh yeah it's one of my better ones i've been working on it apologies to all of our german fans out there uh myself included um i mean myself included yeah so i'm allowed that was something that was something uh, welcome to the oh. Infinity Watch podcast. My name is Tommy, and I'm joined by my co-host Eric. What up? And we are here for season two, episode ten of the Infinity Watch podcast, in which we are here to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh yeah! Wow, I'm still speechless at that <laughs> intro. I I love it. I'm I glad. It. I'm glad. I feel I feel like I felt like we needed a new over the top character, and I know that uh, that's uh, what's his name, Daniel Brewer. Brule, I Brule think. Uh, is not gonna sound like that, but <laughs> but he should. No, but he should no, not at all. Not so. no that that would be his dad in the comics, right? He was like super German, but then <laughs> yeah. they made him. Now he's Sokovian, but uh, yeah. You know, I, I kind of prefer the, oh, hello, hello. <laughs> German, 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 um, start speaking some German or some shit. Oh, man. Love it. Jeez. Um, apologies to everyone listening. I'm like a little bit sick this morning, so I sound like I'm talking out of my sinuses because I am. All right. So. Before we get into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, let's jump over to what's going on in the world uh, in nerdy news. Um, this week, as we talked about last week, I believe, Avatar officially overtook Avengers Endgame as the highest grossing film of all time. Ooh. Uh, James Gunn actually had a kind of funny tweet where he's like, I'm no longer the executive producer of the greatest or uh, the highest grossing film of all time. So congratulations, uh, you know to the creators of Avatar, and then he also congratulated Zoe Zaldana, who it's kind of a wash because she's in both movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. that is, I feel like she is easily the most underrated actress of all time. She has to be, because she does yeah. not have the conversation around her that you would expect someone to have who starred in the two highest grossing movies of all time in two completely unconnected franchises. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's versatile. That's for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, I always feel bad 
when thinking about Avatar. Avatar was so successful. Uh, what, Sam Worthington or whatever, who was the lead of that film? What what else is that guy in? <laughs> Nothing. Not a damn I, – I can't believe I was actually able to pull his name out of my ass just now. Yeah, that's thinking impressive. About it. That's very impressive. But, um, yeah, he's like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to be in this James Cameron movie. He's, you know, super success, successful director. He's going to be great for my acting career. Awesome. It's the greatest, highest grossing film of all time. Literally no acting gigs. <laughs> Let's look it up. Let's, uh, you know, we're going to go down a rabbit hole here. Sam Worthington. I'm going to oh, guess that Sam Worthington has starred in like some kind of like mediocre CW type show or something like that. That's that's my guess for Sam Worthington. So follow, following Avatar, he made the wonderful decision of joining up with a franchise, you know, a set of franchise films, Clash of the Titans. Ah. Mm. Mm. Not the best. Yeah, he, uh, voiced so a, well. he voiced a Call of Duty Black Ops character. Okay. Um he was in a TV miniseries called Deadline Gallipoli. Uh, he was in the movie Everest, apparently. That had Jake Gyllenhaal, I think. Okay. He was in Hackshaw Ridge, too. Okay, he's not in that bad of movies. I mean, I've Man never heard of any of these that you're talking about. but Hacksaw Ridge was nominated for Best Picture, ah, I think. Okay, okay, fair. Um, Manhunt is the TV show he was on for a bit. But now he obviously has Avatar 2 and Av Avatar 3 and Avatar 4 and 5. Did we get 5? <sighs> what? Nobody fucking cares. How long have they been making these Avatar sequels? I don't understand this. I, I, I don't understand it. I couldn't possibly be any less interested in anything connected to the Avatar universe. Unless... It has the subtitle "The Last Airbender." <laughs> then, then sure. Right. But uh, I just, like, blue I alien don't understand. Avatar. No thanks. Like th this movie came out over a decade ago, and they have four sequels. And, and it in, wasn't like, good then. It's the highest no. grossing movie, but it's not like great. It's just Pocahontas. It's just 3D Pocahontas. Yeah, and it got you know people got caught up in like the the spectacle of the technology at the time, yes. which really wasn't even that fantastic. <laughs> no, like you could you could say it was an experience, like for sure, like and so like people wanted to see it, um, and like you know the movie was well made, you know from a technical standpoint at least. Sure, but you're a hundred percent right. It is literally this 3D Pocahontas. Yeah, um, I but, think yeah, the I next. Know step for something like that where it's like it's going to be the technology is i think when some real director really creates an, an amazing movie for like vr headsets yeah uh, oh man i can't wait for that day it's gonna be wild yeah. but um now that we've jumped down our avatar rabbit <laughs> hole here we'll move on um zack snyder's justice league uh his his new cut of it came out on hbo max and there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of back and forth between people liking it, not liking it. Um, it does have a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. The, the audience score is 96%. Um, I, Untrustworthy. You know, yeah. I, I didn't watch it. I said I might watch it, and then I thought about it, and I was like, why the fuck would I do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, it seems like a lot of fans are pretty happy with some of the elements of it. Um I don't know. Uh, so I, I'll say this. 
I watched the first like 20 minutes. The aspect ratio is asinine. Um very difficult, if not impossible, to get past. That is the dumbest fucking decision any director has ever made the, in history. Is the whole thing in 4-3? The whole thing is in 4-3. It's, it's absurd. It's idiotic. Why? It's idiotic. Um, so that sucked. And then... Uh, he, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be fair here. I'll try to be as fair as I can. Seemed to me... So look... I know people love the Lord of the Rings movies, and I know that people who love the Lord of the Rings Ooh, movies watch yourself. fucking love the extended cuts of the Lord of the Rings movies. So yes. this yes, we do. and I have seen the Lord of the Rings movies and I've attempted to watch and, and, and I'm, I'm not a fan. And I attempted wow. to watch the extended cut of the Fellowship of the Ring. And from what I could tell, a big chunk of what makes that an extended cut is just more fucking mountains. And uh, and that's the sense that I got from from the 25 minutes I watched of Justice League. I swear to God, there is like a 10 minute sequence of Batman hiking through the fucking mountains to get to Aquaman's uh, Icelandic village or whatever. It is so outrageously long and so outrageously boring. Nothing is happening at all. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, no wonder this movie is four fucking hours long. It's so, I was so <laughs> bored immediately. And uh, it, it drove me crazy. So, look, if you like beautiful landscapes, then maybe this won't annoy you. But it sure as fuck annoyed me. I heard a lot of people complaining that anytime, like, the Amazonians or, or uh, uh, Linda was around. Uh, is her name Linda? Am I going crazy? No, I'm thinking of Linda Carter. Um, what is what is Wonder Woman's name? Her real remember. name, Diane, or you mean Diana Prince? Diana, Diana, Diana yeah, Linda. Yeah. <laughs> Linda. Um, that there's like this crazy Amazonian junkie XL chant like soundtrack <laughs> that just keeps coming back and coming back, and people hated it. Oh man. Um, in defense of Lord of the Rings, there's a lot of complete scenes like with characters and moments that are completely taken out. But I will, I will give you the point that the extended editions of Lord of the, like if you don't even like love Lord of the Rings to begin with, yeah. they're going to be way, way, way worse. Yeah. If you watch the extended cut. You know? Cause it's the, that's, yeah, that's nerdy shit right there. I mean, extended cuts are just, it's the same, but longer. It's not going to change the fundamental soul of whatever the original thing was in any case for any movie ever. So I will say that a lot of people uh, were sympathizing, empathizing with Ray Fisher and what happened with Cyborg, because it seems like like almost all of his stuff was completely cut out of the original. Yeah. And you see a lot of it in this one. And so I'll never watch it. I hated the original Justice League. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a really horrible bad. movie. Really I bad. wanted and, and that is not like I would love nothing would make me happier than to have a DC universe as successful as the MCU. That would be so dope. Yeah. Um, but that just isn't the case. Yeah. Like Batman versus Superman was horrible. This is horrible. It just, it's not what it needs to be. So I will tell you this. Uh, I am like head over heels excited for the new Batman movie though, with Robert Pattinson. I think that has too. a lot of potential to be great. I really, I really hope it's good, and I love the fact that they're kind of leaning into the detective angle of mm -hmm. it, 
because that's what I love about Batman. I'm not like a crazy, crazy Batman fan. Usually when people like Batman, he's like their favorite. That's not me, but mm-hmm. I really enjoy Batman. Um, I grew up with Batman, and so, yeah, I'm 100% the same. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to say about Justice League, the Snyder Cut, is apparently there's like a general in Man of Steel that I vaguely remember. And the whole plan was for him to be Jean Jones, the Martian yeah. Manhunter, the entire time. And he shows up as Martian Manhunter at the end of the Snyder Cut. But, like, multiple world-ending events have occurred since that time. <laughs> and he hasn't revealed himself. And that just don't, that just doesn't make any sense uh, at all. But uh, he's my favorite member of the Justice League, so that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. No. All right, going down the same DC line here, Ryan Reynolds this week watched Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, I saw the tweet. His movie for the first time and live tweeted the whole thing. Um, and, <laughs> you know, just the tweets, there's, there's a whole bunch of really good ones. He said, maybe it's the aviation gin talking, but Green Lantern was nothing to fear. Hundreds of incredible crew and cast members did amazing work. Well, it's not perfect today in a tragedy. Next time I won't wait a decade to watch. And he just has all these like silly tweets. Uh, he's like, hey, Blake Lively is in this movie. <laughs> you know, his wife, um, you know, and, and all these like silly things. And yeah, that, you know, what's really funny. I always forget that Taika Waititi is in that movie. Really? Yeah. He plays like his like buddy friend. <laughs> wow. He just acts in it. It's that it's was absolutely ridiculous. I would have seen that movie way before I knew who Taika Waititi was. So that's uh wow. Yeah. I oh, Ryan wow. Reynolds is a tr- fucking treasure. I love that guy. Yeah, no, he's awesome. I just I just looking through all his tweets. He actually still has the Green Lantern ring at his place. That's pretty sick. Cool. I you you got to keep the you got to keep the lantern ring for sure. But yeah, that's I can't believe I I, I don't know like Eric if you became an actor and we're acting in a bunch of movies. I feel like it'd be impossible for me not to watch the final product of something I spent months and months on. I never understood that with actors not watching their movies, but uh, I don't know. It just seems so bizarre to me. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I get it. If you knew, like, if you knew that this was not going to be good. You'd probably just sure. be like, ah, I'm like, I'm just like a little embarrassed. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to watch myself in this thing that for sure is not going to be good. Um, I get that. I think, I think like 90% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'd watch it. But if it's one of those things where you immediately just embrace that it's bad and you go, it becomes like a joke. It's like, no, I haven't watched it. I'm not going to watch it. Cause it sucks. Sorry. Then it's like, I, I see how you could uh, box yourself into that corner. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. It's yeah. I don't know. It's It's got to be a weird job. It just all, all around. Yeah. It's got to be weird because, you know, half of it's just choosing prod projects. And I'm sure a lot of them seem really cool or really <laughs> yeah. good at first. And then sometimes it's just, you know, you pull a Sam Worthington and you start in Clash <laughs> of the Titans. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, so Green Lantern. Um. Uh, this week, we also saw the new poster for the upcoming Disney Plus series, Loki, and its release date will be <laughs> June 11th. Low-key balding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. 
So on Twitter, <laughs> on my own personal Twitter, me and me, my partner Mia, we like mentioned the fact that he like what's going on with his hairline? He looks like he's balding. And like these two people called us out and said that it looked like uh, what did they say? It looked really this was a tacky look on you guys for calling this out. And they're like, we don't know why everyone's <laughs> saying this. His hair has what? looked the same since 2010. It absolutely is like, not. Those people are objectively blind. And like, <laughs> I was like, are we serious? I'm going to use my platform right now. Are we seriously to the point where I can't call out the fact that someone has a receding hairline yeah. without being offend- offensive? Yeah, it happens. It happens. Hey, guess what? I have a receding hairline. Most men do as they get older. Right. It's not like this is not like some taboo secret fucking thing. It fucking happens. But if you are a multimillionaire A-list actor, you don't have to go bald, Tom Hiddleston. You can fix it. It's 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 not even really that hard. Just fix it. Steve Carell, like, Elon Musk. Come on, there's a million examples yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But uh but it did but it it does uh and I think we probably talked about it on the podcast and you and I talked about it briefly through text this past week where in the first Loki trailer, just something was off about his look. Like he did yeah. look like older or just like, just like, le- like less sexy. Tom Hiddleston's a sexy man, but in this la- in this latest trailer, it's just like he-, he didn't have that same sex appeal and it's for sure the hairline. It's for sure the hairline. Yeah. And it's like, that's like no shade. It just is what it is. Like, right. Yeah. But there's a tree outside my house right now. You know, like that. that it's just something <laughs> yeah. that exists. Yeah. Right? I totally felt the same thing watching the trail. I was like, like, I was like, is it because they have a smaller budget? Like, I was thinking of like all these things. I was like, no, it's just this hairless looks a little funky to me. Yeah. And when I look at that poster, I just, it, there's just something off and that's what it is. And, and the thing too is that might not even be Tom Hiddleston's real hairline. That might be a deliberate character choice. And if it is whatever, kind of weird, but whatever, but like, but yeah, that does, that does change, uh, change the look pretty significantly. in in my opinion, also before we move on from Loki, you might be getting to this. That logo fucking sucks. It's the worst logo in the MCU by far. Oh my gosh! Yeah, what they're just like. Let's just randomly choose four fonts. Yeah, and then uh, make sure we include wingdings in there. Absurd! Uh, it's and, absurd. Uh, yeah, I I don't quite understand it. Maybe it'll make sense at some point. I also hope that the hair thing doesn't really. I hope it doesn't pull me out every single episode just staring at his hair and I just kind of get used to <laughs> yeah. it or something. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I don't think it'll be. Uh, yeah, it, it's for sure going to be one of those things where it's like you'll notice it for the first two scenes and then it will cease to become an issue, I'm sure. Right. Also, if you spend all of your time just looking up random people people that mention Loki on Twitter just to defend his hairline, uh, make better life choices. <laughs> all right. Um, for sure. So for Loki, it's going to be released June 11th. That date got pushed back a bit because of, of uh, you know, obviously COVID. Um, so that'll that'll air four weeks after the supposed release date of Black Widow. So, okay, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Speaking of Black Widow, that's just a little, you know, just added that in there because guess what? I'm going to talk about Black oh, Widow. Oh shit! That's um, what they call a professional Disney. segue. There we go. There <laughs> we go. Okay, I have to also before I segue just say that i don't know if i'm just getting stupid which is very likely um but the last week like i will be like oh i want to say like the specific word 
and then I just cannot remember that word, mm. and I totally couldn't remember Segway, and so uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, my brain is like slowly melting. But uh, that aside, let me segue over to Black Widow, Eric's favorite topic. I, can uh, I just say I like how you ruined the perfect segue to explain that story about the exactly, word segue? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, just like just like in. Uh, <laughs> the Last Jedi. I want to subvert expectations. Hey, fair, just to subvert them, fair. So, so you're wrong Disney about that CEO, assessment, though. But fair. Oh yeah, I know. I just had to add that <laughs> in just for you. So, um, Disney's CEO Bob Chappick, uh was recently speaking with Bloomberg, and uh, they basically asked him about Black Widow, and he said, "Our situation and conditions change." Just a few weeks ago, theaters in New York and L.A. Were, weren't even open. Now, all of a sudden, they're open. So we're waiting to see how prospective theatergoers respond to these reopenings. We're going to remain flexible. We'll make the call probably at the last minute in terms of how these films come to market, whether it's Black Widow or any other title. So, <laughs> so Black Widow's you know. not dropping in theaters in May. That's yeah. what that tells me. That's what I thought, too, dude. Uh, like, I don't know. And also like, wait to see how theater goers respond. What movies are they going to see? Right. There's nothing to go see in the theater. I don't, I don't really understand. And just all these, like all these last minute, like, uh, uh, release date changes are getting really old. Uh, at some point, just, you just, just fucking release it, please. This is ridiculous. Either release it or delay it so far out that you are 1 billion percent sure it's not going to be right this this fucking uh it's like it's just the classic like will they won't they which is right. so infuriating it's kind of like delaying a james bond movie five times <laughs> it's it's exactly like that in fact fuck yourself Neon production. <laughs> yeah like what like okay we are now as we're recording this it's the 20th so there's like three weeks until this movie is supposed to come out if you're going to delay this or if there's any chance of you're going to just fucking delay it. Yes. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Drop it on Disney Plus. Yes. Jesus. <sighs> it's infuriating. This is the main subject of my therapy this week. So. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else for us, Eric? Um, n- n- I do not, actually. Uh, I didn't, I don't remember there being any big Star Wars news, but I just realized I, I did kind of forget to look. But as we talked about before this, I, I made up for it in this uh, being the most notes I've ever taken for this podcast ever for this for this episode. Which is wild because it is the least amount of notes I've taken <laughs> for this podcast. So. I, somehow that makes perfect sense to me. I <laughs> <laughs> I love it. At least we kind of equal each other out <laughs> yeah. for sure. So um, so I, I'm assuming we want to go through this kind of we've been going chronologically. Yeah, I li- I've been yeah, liking that. Of, yeah, me too. I've been enjoying it. So this is the first episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier titled New World Order. It was about 44 minutes long or so, uh, not including all the credits. Lots of stuff happened. So um, let's jump into it. And of course, as we all predicted, the episode opens up with Sam Wilson ironing clothes. <laughs> Iron Man confirmed. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's 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 what they were telling us, right? Well, otherwise, what was the point of that entire sequence? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, we see an opening 
that is kind of, uh, you know, just, just kind of setting up some things we'll see later in the episode. So Sam is ironing a bunch of clothes. He's putting Captain America's shield in this hip little leather bag, which where, where do you get the bag for that? Where, you know, like, uh, do you go to a, you go to some type of, you know, I don't even know. Like, do you go to a seamstress and go, I would like a leather bag for my specifically sized Captain America shield. Um, you know, who knows? Uh, but so we kind of get, it, it, it gets you the vibe that, you know, he's, he's going somewhere with the shield, but it's not really an action related thing. And then that closes off. Can I so, just say, since we're talking about the shield right up front, I just want to get this out of the way. This new shield is not as good as the original shield. When Cap brought the shield back from taking it through time, it now has these like uh it has these like lines in it, like and and it's just not as good uh at all. Yeah, I don't you know, they've changed it quite a bit over the movies, but yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the decision was for adding those kind of bolded outlines. Like they're like um, jigsaw pieces or something in, in this one. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I don't a little like strange. It. I, I like it as one solid, just a solid slab of vibranium. That's what I like. I would like to also point out that uh, I think at the very beginning of this podcast, I, I mentioned that I hung up my metal Captain America shield right next to my desk <laughs> and then we thought it would fall down. Yeah. It is still up there. Wow. And everything looks oh man, and mine does not have the lines. Yeah, it's yeah, yours is gorgeous. The, uh, OG, uh, America. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, all right. So after this very boring moment of ironing, it really wasn't boring. It was very quick. Um, we get like the longest action sequence. Well, wait, hold on. Before we move on from that, so I I actually thought the the scene itself was boring, but I thought stroke of brilliance to start the whole show with the quote from Endgame uh of Steve Rogers saying you know how does it feel and Sam goes like it's someone else's and then he just goes it isn't and it's just like the way yeah. that, that Chris old, Evans, the old man Cap's voice is really silly it's, to me. it's really silly but it but it does it did strike me as like, that's exactly how an old ass Captain America would just be so matter of fact of like, nah, dude, it's yours. Like, and I just feel like that was a, that was an, an amazing tone to start the show on of like, okay, like th definitively this is Sam Wilson's shield, at least in the first few minutes of the, uh, of the show. Yeah, no, that, that's a really good point. And, uh, it kind of serves as that bookend, which I which I think will drive a lot of that story, right? Yeah. Um. And, and Sam kind of clearly, clearly seeing that, and we'll get into this more later, as as still something foreign to him for whatever reason. Yep. So. Yep. Um. All right. So kind of jumping to the next scene, we go from that kind of very emotional kind of you're getting into some of the philosophy of of the shield and Captain America, who Captain America is, to seeing Sam in action. Uh, for the first time in this series. And it's a long sequence. It's a long, long sequence. Yeah. Um, and so basically, uh, he's on a plane, and they mentioned that the LAF, which I can't remember what that stands for, I don't think they ever say it in the episode, is targeting their military liaison, Captain Vassant. And so he's supposed to be on this military Air Force plane that's flying, 
And Sam is working with a guy named Torres, who's kind of like his intelligence officer on the ground to try and make sure that they're not able to kidnap Captain Vasant. We don't know who Captain Vasant is. Torres, we just meet, but um, he's basically supposed to foil that. So Sam flies out. There's this military ship and he kind of climbs up and just, you know, he flies and climbs up on the plane and looks into the cockpit and the, the pilots is fucking dead, man. He's fucking dead, and there's another terrorist guy in there. And, uh, you know, he's flying the plane, and he kind of sees him at one point and starts freaking out. And this is when we see Batroke the Leaper yeah. again. So Batroke is the leader of the LAF, apparently. So very reminiscent of the Winter Soldier. Yeah, uh, I would argue a little too reminiscent, personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very, very similar hostage situation, yeah. you know, on a vessel that they have to go down to. Um Though, for me personally, I preferred the Winter Soldier version. Yeah, of Just course. because the shield and <laughs> yeah. all that is way better. Um, but now we get into a bunch of crazy antics. Uh, Sam, you know, hops on the plane. They're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. And then somehow, this really bothered me. Within, like, seconds, the entire team is able to put on those, like, glider suits. <laughs> this is what I, I hated this, too. I put this it was like they were fighting... Notes. They were fighting, and then somehow there was this, like, a five-second gap, and they all have these suits that seem like they would take at least ten minutes to put on. And not only that, you conveniently put on the one piece of, uh, like, you put on flying suits to battle the, the, the flying superhero, like the flying Avenger. Right. What the f- what is fucking wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> right and you know they're not even flying suits they're gliding they're just going right. down yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah this yeah. guy can fly and you're just going down and also to okay how do you have a gliding suit and then you tie up a military captain by his hands and legs and just attach him to your back <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> like i didn't understand it yeah um there was some cool visuals in there but um they're basically doing like the canyon version of the empire strikes back or new hope or whatever you know i can't remember which one it is now oh, interesting i'm blanking yeah the you know they're they're just weaving in between this canyon uh trying to fly and fight each other um and it just goes on really really long i thought yeah um but you know there's black hawk helicopters there's the glider guys flying into a helicopter kind of pulling a james bond golden eye a little bit um and then they switch helicopters, and then Sam, like, kicks people out of helicopter. It's crazy. Like, who is this Captain Vassant guy? Why is he so important? Because this is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I absolutely hated this first scene. Um, it really, really scared me for the rest of the show. Um, I thought the CGI looked bad. It looked like Spy Kids. And um, oh my God. Oh my it God. literally, to me, it looks like Power Rangers or Spy Kids. It looked fucking laughable. And if not for the copious amount of murders that Falcon so willingly uh, did. Right. I mean, they're they're terrorists. So like kind of like go fuck yourself. Sure, but yeah, sure. Same, but same. but I, I like I would have guessed this was a show for like tiny little children uh, based on based on that. <laughs> that first scene i fucking hated it um i let me look at my notes here uh i wasn't a super big fan of it that's for sure it just felt like it went on long and then it just felt like way too long 
I do like it Torres, like they, though. Torres seemed cool. Um, and, you know, they keep talking about how you can't enter certain airspace and stuff like that. It, the whole thing, I don't know. It just felt like they kept trying to build, build, build. But every time they, they built up, it just became more ridiculous. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, I think this scene uh, was anthony mackie's worst in this episode i thought he was trying to ham it up just way too much and and that probably is not his fault i'm sure the director was like hey it's you're fucking go full superhero here and he sure as fuck did and i did not enjoy it um yeah i don't know also i my last note i'm sorry my last note for this was was so american landscape yay wow because the whole fucking thing just felt like oh this is america even though it wasn't even america but it it just looked like fucking like the grand canyon or something and and just like the the music ah it's just too american not american too american yeah you know you know what i was thinking about during it i was like the the like middle east kind of environment that we saw in iron man seemed a million times more realistic than this one yes that seemed real this did yeah. not seem real. <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I was I was a little bit worried after this scene because I was like, it wasn't really good, dude. I I just couldn't stop, and I still can't. That it was fucking Spy Kids. It was literally fucking Spy Kids. Jesus, like as a fan of Spy Kids, I have to disagree, and because I hated it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I did love Spy Kids as a kid, uh, but yeah, no, it just, it just, yeah. It just seemed like a, like if you're drawing out an action sequence for the first time and then no one ever kind of checks you on it. Um, yeah, it yeah, just, I think that's a know. good, totally. But but I will say, as as we move on from this, uh, the rest of the episode for me continued to get better and better and better and better from this point. Personally, well, you know what they say: if you start from shit, there's only <laughs> up from there. So. True um all right we'll move on um we have a brief scene after between torres and uh sam and basically it's to set up the fact that torres is kind of looking into the flag smashers which is kind of like an online anarchist type group uh terrorists ever yeah amazing basically their philosophy are things were better during the blip and they want to get rid of borders and kind of it's really just kind of like an anarchistic kind of thing. Can I tell you something, Tom? What's that? Based on that description, I don't know if I hate him yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, here we go. I'm kind of pro Thanos and I'm certainly pro no borders. So I don't know. We'll have to see. So uh you heard it here first, Erica is joining the flag smashers. I mean, um, I'm sure they'll definitively become way obviously worse and just like kill a bunch of innocent people for no reason. That's not okay. But like in terms of ideals, yeah. But like, but like if they're if they're I I, I guess it's like, I don't know, it's the difference between thinking that things were better during the blip, which I think is fine, versus trying to trying to manually kill half the population again to make it like the blip again which is not fine you can't do that yeah i mean like just thinking about like when you separate the people from like what happened right yeah um if you take out the fact that half of 
half of life disappeared and the devastation for those half. There's no doubt that life was probably better for a lot of people when you have fewer people trying to, you know, uh, use and and uh, utilize, you know, the, the same amount of resources that the full amount of people were. Sure. Like, that's just it just fundamentally makes sense. But obviously, all that other stuff gets a little bit wishy washy yeah, oh after yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, um, to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah. So, moving on from that, uh, Eric and I are pro death. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, we cut to the scene now where we understand. Imagine if this podcast gets us on an FBI list or something. Yeah, seriously. Um, oh. If you can't understand that that was a joke and that we aren't actually pro death, <laughs> uh, make better life choices, which is going to be my uh, my catchphrase for the rest of the podcast, True. apparently. Like make it. better life choices. Um, so now we see why Sam was getting all dressed up ironing his shirt and, and bringing the shield. He has a, a, a speech at the Smithsonian uh, and, and basically gives up the Captain America shield that uh, was given to him by Cap. So, um, you know, he has a nice little speech. It's funny. It's emotional. And, he, you know, he mentions the fact that Steve says that this is his shield now. And, and he's like, it isn't. It's supposed to be a symbol. And then it was it was Steve's shield. And so he gives it to the Smithsonian and they kind of put it in like a little display case. Um, uh, this was like a pretty good scene. We we get our uh, our roadie cameo kind of for yeah. the next five minutes as they kind of talk to each other about I really their enjoyed roles. That. Yeah, me too. It seems like he's definitely going to be more of a mentor to Sam in the series, which was which was good. Um and it seems like he kind of disagreed with Sam's decision to give up the shield, which was interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I also agree. I think it's, uh, I mean, I understand its purpose for the, for the show, but I think Sam should have just kept the shield probably and just been new captain America. Um, which especially so as yeah. we see what happens at the end of this episode, but, uh, but, um, yeah, I, um, Big fan of this scene. Gi- couldn't be a bigger fan of James Rhodes. <laughs> and uh Ditto. Yeah, I, I I love that uh that he made an appearance. I hope that he makes more appearances throughout throughout the show. And it seems like he will. I'd be really surprised if this was the only time we see Yeah, him. you would you you really would think. Um and I love the fact that he kind of uh made a little dig at Falcon where he said something like, um, I'll teach your kids to fly the right <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah. The right way. <laughs> which, which I, which I really liked a lot. Yeah. I enjoyed that too. <laughs> I, I always liked the little jokes between them. I, anytime that Don Cheadle is making jokes in the MCU, I'm always for yes, it. Totally. All right. So we see that scene and we see kind of, I, I think it's a representative of the department of defense. He like, after the fact, he's like, you made the right decision. And I'm like, Oh, we're seeing this. Motherfucker <laughs> yeah. Again. Fuck that guy immediately. Right. Old, off the old bat. white guy. <laughs> right yeah, off like, the bat. I hated that guy. Thanks for giving the shield back. <laughs> now that we can give it to another white guy. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what backfire. I took. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Jesus Christ. And you know, I'm going to say something that's going to jump ahead and then we'll talk about it later and leave it at that. <laughs> If you can't get a loan from a bank, you do not give up yeah. what is like one of the most historically valuable pieces of property ever yeah, of course. for nothing. Of for course. nothing. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. 
Uh, but we'll get into that in a bit because I think we have some conversations to have. <laughs> um, immediately after this, we got into the Bucky part. And I have to be honest, all of the Bucky scenes made this episode for me. Yes! I, Every yes. single one. Um, and, and that's not a dig at Sam. I just think Bucky has a way more interesting backstory yeah, for and sure. he has way more interesting shit that happened in his life. That's super fucked up. And I live for that kind of stuff. So we immediately cut to a scene and it's not quite clear when it is at first. Uh, but Bucky is basically, you know, he's going through this building and well, he's it's going clear after that it's, that it's before, um, because Bucky has his long hair, like he's in full he winter soldier mode. Yeah, absolutely. But other than and that, so, again, it's unclear. So, like when I first started watching it, I was like, "Wait, like is he just gonna like get his hair cut at some point?" Like I wasn't sure if this was like I thought it could possibly be the present at first. Obviously, within like twenty seconds, you realize that's not the case yeah, at all because yeah. he starts brutally murdering like everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he he looks to be going after like this Russian gangster type guy. And he basically wipes out like all of his bodyguards in seconds. And he shoots this guy and says, Hail Hydra as, as he kills him. And there is like a young Asian kid that is just trying to get into his room at like this hotel or something like that, that just happens to be nearby. And he's like, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. And you're like, okay, maybe he'll like, let him live. Yeah, and this he was just like, shoots him right in the fucking <laughs> yeah, face, dude. That was rough. Super fucked up. Um, and, you know, like it's it really was a good callback to all the Hail Hydra days for for Bucky and everything that he did. Right. Um, and so almost immediately after this, we go to a scene with Bucky and his shrink, <laughs> which was really interesting. Um, what, what did what did you think about both of those sequences back to back? Man, so I. So again, it's like that first action scene I couldn't I could not stand. Um and then the uh the scene with the uh, you know the speech, I, I like that a lot. And then him him talking to Rhodey, I like that a lot. And then this winter soldier scene was the first scene where I was like, fuck yes, this is what I this is what I wanted. Yeah. Um absolutely. I mean, incredible intro for that character. That classic winter, uh, it made me bummed that he doesn't have the long hair anymore. Because with, like, just the mask and the metal arm and the hair, th it's just the sickest look. It looks really it's good. It's so badass. It's so badass. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely fucking loved it. It was, uh, I thought, I think they did a, a great job of, because you really do wonder for a second, like, oh, like, he's probably going to let this kid go. No, he shoots him in the face. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I thought he was going to let him go, too. Yeah, yeah, which... I was like, fuck! Yeah, is is brutal, and becomes a million times more brutal a, a couple minutes later in the episode. Oh, my gosh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, um, I did think it was funny. I thought the whole scene with the shrink... I usually don't like scenes with like a therapist in them in movies. Cause I feel like they're so cliche. Yeah. Um, this one I actually kind of liked. It was a little bit on the nose at times, but overall I really liked it. Um, and he kind of recalls a scene with like a Senator that he basically helped get to power for Hydra. And, um, so he has this book of people he's trying to make amends with. And his shrink was like, did you follow all the rules? 
And there's this really funny sequence of him, quote, making amends with this senator who he basically like sets up so that they'll lose, you know, everything because she's like hiring a hitman or something. And so rule number one is he can't do anything illegal. And so he just bugged her car and then, you know, set her up. Now, rule number two, nobody gets hurt, which he breaks the rule, but this says he didn't, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, he is because the guy in the car pulls a gun on him. So he just takes the gun and just like knocks him out immediately, <laughs> uh, which is really funny. And rule number three, which they say, she says, rule number three, the whole point of making amends is so that you can go fulfill rule number three. And so he says to her, after all of this, so he bugs her car, sets her up to like, uh, you know, hire this hitman to kill someone, knocks out the hitman, and then he goes, I am no longer the Winter Soldier. I am James Bucky Barnes, and you're part of my efforts to make amends. <laughs> and then has this cheesy fucking smile on his face. It was hilarious, dude. Um, and so. I thought that was really interesting. And he has this long book. It has lots and lots of names in it of people he needs to make amends with. But uh, I thought the sequence with with the therapist, um, it really showed a good – I thought it showed a good perspective of, like, Bucky is super fucked up. Yes. In the head. Yes. And, like, very, very – you know, it's very reasonable that he is. Yeah. Um. And he kind of is fighting against her a little bit, but then relents a little bit. And I, I just thought it gave us a good point of view for him um, of his mental state. And, you know, just that he's struggling with the fact that he did all these things out of his own control. Yeah. And I think he says something along the lines of like, uh, I forget if it was 60 or 90 years, but I, I think it was like 60 years where he said for 60 years, I just went from fight to fight to fight to fight to fight with nothing else in between and uh and yeah i can see i i think it, i think because the the therapist was a was like an, an ex-soldier and she was trying to say look i know what it's right. like to see bodies and i think bucky was trying to say hey no you fucking don't like not not the way i do um what did what did she see she's like and so what do you want now that you're done fighting and he's like peace and she's like, that's utter bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, which I which I liked. Um, I, I also wanted to say before we get too far away from it, I and I just had this realization now as we're talking about it. I think the reason why that amends thing was even more effective was because when he when he came up against the uh the kid who he killed, I thought for sure he was gonna let that kid get away. But because he didn't. When he was doing this immense thing, I thought for sure he was going to immediately kill that woman. Like, I did not. So, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, so it, it really um, throw, throws you off balance with what to think about Bucky, which I, which I like a lot. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it, was, it was a good scene. I actually really ended up enjoying it, which I was scared I wasn't because there were some scenes with, I think, the same therapist in the trailers yeah, and I was like, Ooh, cool. like, yeah. Oh yeah. Little, um, so right after this, uh, we kind of cut to a scene where Bucky is, he meets up with this older Asian neighbor guy. It seems like, and, and we don't quite know who he is. I was like, is he like one of the old howling commando guys or something? Like I, I couldn't quite figure it out. And they go out and they eat some, some lunch at, at some type of Asian restaurant. And they're hanging out and kind of flirting with the the waitress that is there or whoever's working there. Um, and 
then this episode gets really fucked up. Yeah. I, I remember saying multiple times, this is so fucked. It's the Asian kid's dad who he killed in that scene. Yeah. And he just feels so guilty because this old man is just so broken up still about his son dying and not understanding why he was killed for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, my God, dude. Dude. This was like fucking heart-wrenching shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could. I just remember, like, as the realization started to set in, I was like, "Jesus, that is so yeah, rough. dude, <laughs> dude." I, that's exactly the same here. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, cause you, there's a couple sequences, you know, like he goes on a date with this girl, and you get some more background on this guy. I can't remember his name. It starts with an H. Um, but you know. At one point, he goes to his apartment, and he, he I think he wants to tell him that he killed his son, and he doesn't end up doing it. Yeah, um, because he sees, like, just, a, like, like uh, th- this guy had almost like a memorial type. Of, it was like a photo with some candles, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah. The whole thing is just, it's just, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set up for it. I thought it was really well done. Um, and so don't take my comments as that not being the case. It just was like, oh man, it was so fucked. Yes. Just like when it, when it hit me, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so, it, yeah, it was so rough. Like it, it, they did a really good job of very quickly making you understand why Bucky hates himself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so after that whole moment, I think they're like, okay, let's give everyone a break from, <laughs> from Bucky for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and then it goes um, to American Sam. Yeah, American <laughs> Sam down in uh down New, in Orleans, New Orleans in the in the most American pickup truck with the most American country music playing. He's wearing the most American getup. It is American as you can fucking possibly get. I hated it. But uh <laughs> oh my god. I hate it. Um so I guess we kind of get back to the family dynamic of Sam. He's there with his sister. Obviously, his parents are have passed away, and so she has kids, and they're struggling to keep, you know, some type of uh, was it kind of like a shrimping business kind of thing. I uh, was unclear, but yeah, that that would it's, make it's sense. on the water. Yeah. They have like some shitty old boat that doesn't really work, and and she the the sister's been trying to make ends meet. Obviously, Sam was gone for five years because he was snapped. Um, and there's a lot of back and forth there, and she wants to sell the house or the boat, and but Sam owns half of each, and they have lots of disagreements well, wait, there. And so like, we nope. the the house is the boat. It's a houseboat. It sounded like to me they grew up on that houseboat. That's what that's oh, what I, okay. that's what I, I took thought from. there was a I thought there was a house and a boat, um, but uh, basically. You know, Sam's like, we can get a loan. We can make this business work. And his sister, I kind of like agree with his sister. It's like, you were gone all this yeah. time. I was making this work. <laughs> totally like, let's just sell this is. fucking boat it's while we can. Serious. People yeah. move from their childhood homes literally all the time. It's not a big deal. <laughs> right. But Sam is really convinced that they'll be able to get this loan. Um, and so at, at some point they end up going to basically the local Wait, bank. Before we move on. Uh, yeah, yeah. In that scene, Sam dropped the word shit, which I was extremely surprised that Disney would allow not only multiple shit bombs in this uh, in this Disney Plus show that obviously many children will be watching. Um, but not only that, the new cat, the obvious new Captain America. 
like that's language uh, yeah that really that really surprised me and to be honest it kind of uh impressed me that disney allowed allowed that <laughs> i never really understood why shit was such like a bad word but like you can say damn piss hell like all like everything but fuck you can say but like why was shit always included as like so bad i never understood I that mean, if you want to get into that it's like what what even is a word what makes you know right. like all words are yeah. made <laughs> yeah no i mean i think swear words are fucking dumb in the sense that like they shouldn't matter more than other words totally. but we won't get into that right now i think we both agree with yeah. that but um so i didn't even notice that i noticed the bullshit part with the shrink but that's a good point you know cap was known for not really swearing too yeah. much if much at all maybe that was more of a joss Whedon gag but um very interesting um and so we cut to the scene at a bank where we get a lot of meta things that I want to talk about. But before we get into that, uh, you know, the banker realizes that he's Falcon and it gets really cringy. He like wants to take a selfie with him and like asks him if he'll take a picture with his arms spread out and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, the story is basically he can't get a loan because they have no income. And I, we talked about this in WandaVision. Yeah. How are the superheroes getting paid? And it seems like they're not at yeah. all. And that seems utterly ridiculous to me in universe. <laughs> okay, Tony Stark has billions, billions of dollars. How are none of like how are you not making at least six figures? As you know, I immediately was like, we had a 10-minute action sequence in which Sam was like literally like risking his life every second to save some rando military person. How are you not getting paid well for that? Right. I don't understand that. How do you not have side hustles in which you're flexing your Falcon brand to sell? I don't know. It just seemed crazy that he didn't have money. Ooh. So yes. And I, I was just about to make an argument and I already convinced myself out of it. I was going to say, how doesn't he have branding deals? But I bet it's because the government like owns everything about him yeah because that because falcon tech is not stark tech that is u.s government tech but no no it is oh yeah because yeah it was remember they say like it must be all the techs always struggle to to work on it because of all the stark tech well then i wonder when that happened because in falcon's initial uh maybe it's stark military tech though i think between the Winter Soldier and Civil War. Stark that, was like, let me make this better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Because uh, even like Age of Ultron, right? At the end of Age of Ultron, Falcon is one of the new Avengers. Mm-hmm. Oh, so right. I yeah. Think at, so Tony would have. At that yeah, point, yeah, 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 he really ups the tech quite a yeah, bit. That, yeah, that and makes so, sense. I guess just to me from a meta perspective in the MCU, like, I feel like these people got to be making some money. Vision bought a house, man. That's got to be a little bit, you know, like a couple hundos. Yeah. So I just, you know, I just can't comprehend the guy that was given Captain America's shield not having money. But then also in universe, if you don't have any money, you don't give up that Captain America shield for nothing. If you want, if you want me to donate it to the Smithsonian, the Smithsonian's got some money. Give me a a couple million bucks for this Captain America shield. Yeah, but I think that one. That one is for sure, and I think they even kind of referenced as much where they were like, 
thank you for returning this or something. Cause like, like the right. U S government sees that as their property. Yeah, no, I 100% get that. Well, also, that's a bunch of vibranium, right? That thing's worth a lot of money. Yeah, first of all, that's Wakandan property, America. Right. So... Yeah, let me go to a British museum and see all the things <laughs> yeah, they quote Just because you painted own, a okay? fucking flag on it. That is, the most, that is the most American shit I've ever... I never thought about it. You steal, yeah. <laughs> you steal an African government's resources, paint an American flag on it, and now it's American. That is... That is the most American shit I could ever dream up in a million years. Yeah, this is our property <laughs> that we stole from some other people. Oh, man. Uh, Unreal. Ridiculous. Just a just shout out. I love that scene in Black Panther when, when he takes back the Wakandan uh, vibranium from the British Museum. I love that. He's like, this doesn't belong yeah. to you. <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, obviously, like his his sister and him, you know, financial issues, whatever. Um, you know, I know that's part of the story, whatever, but still seems wild to me. I couldn't let it go. I'm like, this is crazy. How does this guy not have money? Yeah. I, I can only hope that the reason why they got into that, uh, pretty lengthily in the first episode is that they will talk about that more. I'm, I'm interested in that. I hope so. I'm very interested in that. I super, super hope yeah. so. So, um, do you have anything else there before we kind of move on to the next scene with Torres? No, let's talk about Torres. I love that guy. <laughs> okay, so Torres, you know, kind of, we'll just call him Falcon's intelligence liaison. He said he was looking up and monitoring the Flag Smashers. Um, and now he is going to a Flag Smasher meetup, it seems like, online. And he has like a, a camera, like a small camera on him so that he can monitor it. And I don't think, you know, it's not quite clear exactly to him where he's going. And so if you're part of this Flag Smasher online organization of some sort, they basically told them to meet up at this one small point in the square. And, um, you know, there's a bunch of people kind of standing around. And he's like, do you know what do you need to do? Like what we need to do? And a guy walks up, drops a bag, and they all put on these weird looking masks. And uh, almost immediately after that, these bags come flying out of this building and they're they appear to be robbing someplace. It's not quite clear what they're robbing, if it's money, if it's something else. Um, and then everyone, the, the app just tells everyone to run. And so it's supposed to be a distraction for the police because they look exactly like what the, the what the thieves have um, on their faces and whatnot. And so Torres sees basically like a super powered person. It seems yeah. like they seem oh, yeah. to have super strength, um, kick like a cop and they go like flying. And so he, well, and he like he jumped does... out of like the top story of this building and just like did a superhero landing. Like cl clearly something's going on with this guy. Right. And so, um, he does the one thing that anyone that has ever used a gun should not do. And that he goes up to this guy to quote unquote, arrest him. And he has a handgun aimed right at him. And so, of course, he moves closer and closer so that the bad guy can basically stop the shit out of him yeah. and, and knock his gun out of his hand. So he, like, knocks the gun out of his hands, this bad guy, and then just, like, stomps his face. And I was like, holy shit, is this guy going to die? He doesn't die. <laughs> but I was really worried because this show has been like, let's just kill <laughs> yeah, everybody. There's so much murder um, in this one. And so... Basically, Torres gets rocked by the superpower leader of the of the Flag Smashers, um, and you know 
and, and the scene kind of ends right there. Uh, so who is this guy? That's, you know, I was like, is this Zemo? Like, but they have like long hair, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, long hair. So I, to me, I'm kind of like a big question mark. I have no idea. Mephisto. <laughs> oh my God. You're right. It's Mephisto. <laughs> no, I, uh, shit. No, that was all I could think. Uh, it's like, who the fuck is this superpowered? Um, who the fuck is this superpowered dude? I, I don't know. Stop me if I'm about to skip a lot, but pretty soon after this scene, if I'm remembering correctly, Torres, uh, like as a phone call with Sam. Yeah. He like FaceTimes him right. after. Yeah. Yeah. And he very ominously says, you don't think he could be a, and then he trails off. And yeah, what was I that? was like, be what, was a what Torres? A super soldier? A mutant? A fucking what? Like I I heard that and I was like, oh god. The mutant theories coming <laughs> Dude, back. Dude, that's it? it's the that is the first thing I thought. But then immediately after I was like, no, he's probably just a super soldier of some kind, because this is this is you know, that would make sense. But so weird, man. It's so weird. But I, 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 I'm, I'm really curious. Yeah, same. Um, that was a good intro for just a random. It seemed uh, pretty obviously inspired by uh, the Dark Knight Joker. Uh, Absolutely. Which, which I like. Absolutely. I like a lot. So uh, one of the, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like as crazy about the Dark Knight as a lot of people are. But that opening scene is so oh, fucking yeah, amazing. Good. Amazing. So. There's not much left after this episode except for the ending. So, Eric, is there anything before I get to the kind of the end tease that we want to talk about? Um, I'm going through my notes. I, I guess one thing I forgot, I found this. This was not meant to be funny. I laughed out loud at when Bucky was on the date with that waitress. Um, and then the waitress was telling him, I think it's I think it's so nice how you're hanging out with this old man and basically just proceeded to tell him how fucked up the old man has been his entire life because of the death of his right. son. I thought that was hysterical because Bucky yeah. just had to sit like, there fuck. and listen to that. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy's this guy's been fucked up for many years because of the death of his son. <laughs> I like the part where it's like he shows up at her work at like 10 o'clock because she's getting off her shift. He brings her flowers. She's like, oh, that's so old fashioned. And then she asks him how old he is at one point. He's like 106. (laughs) Oh, man. I love I love that. I I do wonder how the fuck is every single Avenger not instantly recognizable? Uh, Like, how are these people? And I get maybe it's like. I don't know. I mean, the banker recognized Falcon, yes, right? Yes, true. I could see. Okay, so maybe the in-universe explanation for Bucky is that his hair is all cut, right? And he's more of a fugitive, maybe that was being pardoned, and maybe now that he's cut his hair, it's a little less. Yeah, obvious. I guess that's true. And also, I guess if you were if if there was a Winter Soldier in the real world, everyone would only be like, "Yeah, that's the metal arm guy." So, like, if you don't see that, then I, then I guess maybe you wouldn't pay too much attention to like his actual face but i don't know i i I guess but 
I, it's it's a very valid point. But es- but also, especially if you say like dead serious, if you're a weird dude and you say, "Yeah, I'm 106 years old," wouldn't you? And you live in a universe where you know that's not impossible. And there right. are only like a handful of people that that could be <laughs> like, I don't know, but it's no, not that big. You... I wasn't that annoyed. I wasn't as annoyed as I'm seeming right now, but it is a weird question. While I think your point is extremely valid and I thought the same thing just to play the devil's advocate, there are so many people in the world that like don't pay attention to anything. Yeah, true, <laughs> true, true. Like, like, and I think like both of us, we probably discount that quite often because we pay attention to everything and probably have a hard time comprehending people just not giving a shit (laughs) about like Avengers existing in the world. Um, and, but like, that's the case for so many people, you know? Um, and so that just may be one of those people. Um, the ending, uh, of this episode was, was kind of like the kicker. Right. And so, uh, everything was building up to this moment. I think for me, I'll just say before I talk about it that I think I kind of cut myself short a little bit because I expected this to be the end already. Yeah. And so it didn't yeah. really have a big oomph. I think some people were like, whoa, this is crazy. I completely saw this coming from a yeah, mile away. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we basically see the Department of Defense in conjunction with you know the Commander-in-Chief of the United States announcing a new Captain America who walks up with the shield that Sam returned to the Smithsonian um and give some cheesy ass smile and he looks like a big fucking Dude, schmuck. he looks goofy uh, as fuck props to chris <laughs> evans for just never looking like an idiot like uh, it's it is crazy I, I don't know if they intentionally made him look more goofy but uh my god does he look fucking goofy <laughs> i think they they made it that way because it's just supposed to like just bring further credence to the fact that like Steve was Captain America and he fucking rocked that mm-hmm. shit. And and you're not going to replace that and like just look exactly the same and it be normal. Yeah. I think that's kind of the vibe that I was getting. Um, but yeah, uh, Sam sees this on TV. His sister points it out to him. And it's just kind of like a big fuck you from the U.S. government, you yeah. know? Classic. Um, so <laughs> we're going to see how that time. plays out. Comes with a free smallpox blanket. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's uh but uh Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see where this goes. That is for sure. Yeah, it should be interesting. It's you know, we got the setup for the flag smashers, but Troke the Leaper is still around, he's not dead. Um we got a bunch of characters like this Captain Vassant. I don't know if we'll ever hear about that guy again. You know, uh Bucky Bucky is out there. We don't know what's gonna bring these two together. Um, no Sharon Carter in this episode, no Baron Zemo from what we could tell. So it seems like there's a lot to happen in the next five episodes. Oh yeah, that's right. There's only six episodes. Yeah. yeah it's it's, it's going to be about the same length as WandaVision, but obviously the episodes are double as long, yeah, so. which I got to say, I enjoyed. I think this was like a perfect length. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good, it was a good length episode for sure. Um, but yeah, it was it was there was a lot going on in this episode, lots of setup. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um but yeah, that that was the wrap up of it. No after credit scene, nothing like that. Um do you want to do you want to say anything else before we kind of go through our our wrap up and our our rating for this one? Um 
No, I don't think so. I think uh, that first scene really scared me, and uh, yeah, and, and for sure. it's and I my fears were unfounded. Thankfully, I I think that was just a uh, just kind of a ham fisted way to uh you know introduce Falcon and and show off his his skills. Um, I. So it's like I was trying to think of how to describe it. It's it's the CGI was certainly better than traditional TV, but to me it was not movie quality. I see people saying this is movie quality effects. No, it's fucking not. It's no, not. No, definitely not. Like at all. No. It's it's only no. movie quality I, effects if the movie is Spy Kids. Then sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> sure, yeah. but Well, I mean it doesn't help that the action sequence was so fucking yeah, long. Yeah, it, it was uh it was just not uh, pleasing to watch. But the entire rest of the episode I was super into. I will say it still is way beyond any other TV yes, show. Yes, yes. Unquestionably, so, for sure. That was good. For sure, for sure. All right, so as we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our episodes, films, whatever it is we're talking about out of six full Infinity Stones. Eric, I want to let you rate this one first this week. What are you rating this first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier out of six full Infinity Stones? I This is one I really wish that we could break an Infinity Stone because, uh, yeah, but 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 we can't. Um, but I'm going to give it a strong, a very strong four, four out of six. Interesting. Four out of six Infinity yeah. Stones. I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm giving this a three out of six. Okay. Infinity Stones. I thought so. Going on my scale, just so people know, it's kind of like amazing, great, good, average, poor, just really bad. That's how I go from six to one. I thought this was like pretty average. Um, I thought the opening sequences kind of really brought it down for me. Um, there was a lot of setup in there. It's not to say that I didn't enjoy this episode. I just didn't really love it. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was just all right. Um, I think it's building a lot of things that I will enjoy. Um, it just didn't give me as much as I wanted it to, I suppose, but, uh, looking forward to the next episodes, I hope they keep building from here. You know, there's certain parts of this episode. I would give a lot higher scores. Yes. Um, like almost all the Bucky stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The Bucky intro, um, the whole, just the whole story of, of the old man that he was spending time with, like phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, but a lot of the other stuff was, you know, Sam with his sister, that stuff was kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't know. okay, I don't know. I've, that um, felt more it, to me, it, it felt more to me like they're taking their time. I think, that, I do think that stuff is going to pay off in, in the series. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I think it's going somewhere. It just, it was a lot of yes, setup this yes, episode. Yes, a lot of setup. Sure. Particularly for um, Sam. Yes, absolutely. And so, I think I think I'll continue to enjoy this more and more. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to be objective. I'm giving it a three this oh, round. That's absolutely fair. All righty, what do we got for recommendations this week, Eric? All right, so this is something that I that I for sure should have recommended a couple weeks ago when it was still on HBO Max. It's not anymore. Um, I forget what I what I recommended in in lieu of this, but. Uh, watch the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. It's fucking amazing. Um, 
it's basically Damn. yeah it's basically uh, the story of the it's it's a dramatized version of uh real events of the story of basically the uh, the leader of the Black Panther organization in America and the FBI informant who um <laughs> got that guy killed <laughs> spoiler alert and um Damn. it's I, I I was expecting it. I was expecting to like it, but I was not expecting to fucking love it. And and I did. Um, it was almost like I don't know. It just moves it, to me. It, it it almost struck me as like it was gonna be like one of those like Oscar bait kind of movies. And and maybe maybe mm-hmm. it is. But if it is, it still was also very entertaining like it moves at a clip like it kept my add ass attention so yeah so i um i really really enjoyed it um learned some things i did not know and then uh did some googling to see like what what was real and what was not real and uh a lot of the craziest shit seemed to be real so yeah that uh big fan judas and the black messiah um it was that was nominated for an Oscar, right? I, I I'm not sure, but uh, if it was, let's take a look. Well deserved. So it was super good. Accolades. I believe it was directed by Ryan. Yes. Kukla? Am I wrong there? Um, it was directed. No, it was directed by Shaka King. Was it produced by Ryan Coogler. How was Ryan Coogler involved? Uh, he for sure was. Uh, yes. Okay. It was produced by Ryan okay. Coogler. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Best Original Screenplay, Best Cinematography, and Best yes, Original. Yes, dude. It, yeah, the two main actors are like fucking incredible. Um, That's uh, what is it, Daniel uh, Kaluuya yep, or whatever yep, his yep. name is? So. Yeah, damn, super okay. good. I, I I would highly recommend that movie to to anyone. Very very engaging. It's it's on my list of movies to watch because of the Oscars. There there's so many best picture movies that I haven't seen, and I'm usually really I'm a big film guy as we've talked yeah. before. I haven't seen a lot of them this year because the theaters have been closed. Yeah. Um, I think the only one I have seen is Promising Young Woman, which I enjoyed. Um, but I guess kind of going along the same lines, only I mean, uh, it's a little bit different. Um, the Grammys happened, which fuck the Grammys, but uh, I'm just using that to talk about music. Um, I haven't given a music recommendation this season, I don't think. Um, I am a huge, huge fan of the band Haim, um, which is like Three Sisters. It's kind of like rocky, poppy music. Um, and they had their album nominated for uh, album of the year. It's called Women in Music Part 3. Um, and they have a performance from the Grammys of their song. Spellheim. H A I M. Yeah, it's pronounced Haim. <laughs> um, and that's just their last name. That's three sisters. Oh, I didn't um, realize that. But nice. if you if you haven't listened to them and just want like a quick fun clip, they had a really cool performance at the Grammys with just the three of them of their song The Steps. And it's a really good song. And I think that entire album is fucking great. Um, so if you're into kind of poppy rock, you know, indie music, uh, check out that album, women and music part three. It is solid, solid shit. So no comics this week. You're getting music. So I love it. There you go. There you go. All righty. Um, if you want to reach out to us, talk about Falcon and the winter soldier, uh, tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. You can tweet at Infinity Rewatch. Let us know what's going on. Let us know your questions, your theories, whatever it is, and we might talk about it on the podcast depending on 
what uh, what you say there. So um, you can also shoot us an email at the Infinity Watch Podcast at gmail.com. Um, reach out to us and uh, yeah, you know, complaints, no complaints. Yeah, argue about receding hairlines. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the things that, you know, you should probably make better life choices about. So, but that is it. We will be back next week to discuss the next episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier. I'm turning it. I'm turning it to uh, turning it to the intro here. This is Helmut Zemo, and I'm here to say goodbye because we're going to be talking about the Winter Soldier and Falcon next week, y'all. Yeah. And so I'm going to leave you with just a little bit of the fuck the millionaires. Fuck the millionaires. Fuck them real good. <laughs> Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Oh man. I fucking love it. Ich bin ich, ich bin Helmut Zemo, ja. <laughs> ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch, but fucking the billionaires. All right, I'm done. Oh man. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, it was, I it was the the least anticipated thing. I, I had no idea what you were gonna do. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh my god. Apparently I my nose is a faucet this entire episode. Oh, that that happens. What do you just like? Just have a cold? It's like my allergies. Are-